Welcome to the Big Beatles Sort Out. In the first series, I, author and musician Gary Abbott, ranked all the Beatles' core catalogue releases with the help of my Beatles expert brother Paul. In series two, we worked our way through an assortment of added Beatles goodies, such as Live at the BBC, the anthology series and the movies. And now for series three, we're looking at all the post-Beatles singles released in the decade following their breakup. As with Series 1, we take five songs in random order each week and score them for music, production and lyrics to find the best post-Beatles Beatles hits. Thanks for joining us as we try and sort out The Beatles. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 26 and welcome to Paul Abbott. Paul Holiday Abbott. Paul, not really here on holiday, Abbott. I am simultaneously on holiday before my holiday and after holiday when you hear this. Yes. Because that's the magic of recording. Of podcasting. And I, strangely, even though it's a whole week later, have exactly the same sore throat as the week before. What a coincidence. It's, no, that's oh, not a word, is it? No. For a peek behind the curtain, we're recording this directly after the last week's episode, but we're putting that's it out. That's too, too much of a peek. Sorry, too much of a peek. Let's carry on as if it's all brand new don't forget you can keep in touch with us at big underscore sort on twitter and instagram or by email to big at gmail.com and do please drop us a review on whatever platform you're listening on if you can and like and share our posts please check the episode description for links to our various music and other projects <sighs> i've said that so many times now i'm just gonna say isn't it exciting that they've released carnival of light just in the hope that they do because i've said it on this oh okay <laughs> yeah that's just me trying to make it happen just trying to influence the future by by just saying it just saying things okay you know like our mum says oh i thought i thought to myself the other day i need some new dusters and then and i went, I went to, down to aldi and they sold dusters uh, and they sold dusters or whatever it is you know <laughs> yeah they had dusters I they were, myself, they need to, I, yeah i needed some circular saw blades and funnily enough they sold them in the middle aisle yes. aldi. it is normally something more specific than dusters to be fair to yeah mom, i know i, I couldn't think a, of anything a psychic like me and you have a psychic injury um connection. <laughs> yeah, mom has a psychic connection got. with little or Aldi. Yeah, Aldi, yeah. yeah. So I'm just hoping to use my psychic powers for good to reveal Carnival of Light. So we're all enjoying that, except for the people who are saying, huh, should have kept it locked in a vault, bro. <laughs> Not as good as ours. <laughs> okay. Anyway. We got off on a strange I'm tangent. Being, I'm just being very silly, really. <laughs> yes, this is um, a small little extra episode because Paul is away in the real world at the time we'd be recording our normal full episode and we have got limited time. So we wanted to put something out. So Paul has prepared something I haven't even seen, which he will tell us about, surely, soon. (laughs) But um, before that, we'll still do a Beatles day, because it's still a Monday, and it's still release day and all that stuff. So, Paul, should we start with the Beatles day, which should be the 24th of April? Yeah, I'm only going to do a very quick one for the Beatles day, because we'll be talking about several Beatles days. Okay. But for the 24th of April, I've chosen 1965, which is in the middle of the filming for the film Help. And it is the scene where they are walking alongside the river, going yeah. for a friendly walk down by the river with the police, and they oh, yeah. pass a marching band who then turns out to try and capture them by squirting them with red paint yeah. out of a <laughs> a bagpipe. So it's that scene that they're filming. Yeah. So it's outside a pub called the City Barge at <coughs> um, Strand on the Green in Chiswick in London. Right. And the pub's, that pub's still there. Okay. Um. I've never been. I'll have to go down, actually. But they, they don't film the interiors at that pub, but they obviously do film them running into the pub and jumping through the window out of it yeah. as well. And the, the stuff with the attack with the bagpipers and stuff like that. Mm. And then later on that day, they film a couple of 
other scenes, one with George and Ringo in a phone box that's not used, and one without them, without any of the band, in um, the Harrods food hall, apparently. So uh, I didn't get out my big script book of help to check out what those scenes were. I presume they'll be in there somewhere in the pages that have been cut out of the edit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the main thing is them going for a friendly walk down by the river with the police. Right. And then uh, two lagers and lime and two lagers and lime, please. I remember that. Yep. It's all in the kind of montage sequence where there's just lots of various attempts at getting red on them. In the days that follow, several attempts were made. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. yeah. Hmm. Okay. So that's, so that's, that's, that's the Beatles, Beatles day. day. Let's move on. So what are we here to talk about, Paul, considering we are not doing a normal episode? We're just doing a little ditty. Yes. Well, I thought, seeing as we've had to do a couple of weird weeks where you were on holiday, I was on holiday. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd take a look at the places where we've been and the Beatles stuff. Okay. In a very brief overview, because we've mentioned a couple of times things like uh, when they've stayed in Scarborough and stuff like that. But I just thought it was interesting because seeing as we've been off doing holiday things at various seaside resorts, we'd have a little look uh, at this. And because a lot of the sorts of venues that the Beatles played in the UK are, are lost now. Yes, yes. Uh, case in point, I'm, I'm, is it on your list where I've just been? Yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll get um, into that, yeah. And, and it's... Perhaps if you have not been to the UK, if you're an American fan, for instance, and you were either around at the time or you've sort of studied their <coughs> live career as it's been portrayed in documentaries and eight days a week film and stuff like that. Obviously, in the world tours, it's sort of big theatres, big stages, like mm. um, arenas, like sports arenas and things like that. Mm. But in the UK, that's nothing like where they were touring because those sorts of places didn't exist or, you know, we had football stadiums, but they, no one did gigs there or anything like that. I mean, they mm. do these days, but... So, the Beatles' story of touring in the UK is, until they stop essentially playing here mm. very often, which sort of happens through 64 to 65, it's less and less how much they play in the UK. Um, The story is them playing lots and lots of towns, smaller places more often. Yeah. Essentially. And two of those, well, a lot of the circuit where people would set up these leisure facilities like theatres and, um, I don't know what else you'd ballrooms. have. Uh, ballrooms. Yes, that's the word I was looking for there. Yeah. Majestic ballrooms. Cinemas. Cinemas, all that sort of stuff. A lot of those sort of leisure places are in holiday resorts such as seaside towns. Coastal resorts. Coastal resorts, of which you were recently at... Great Yarmouth. Great Yarmouth, which is in Norfolk, which yes. is on the, the east, east coast, coast, but sort of south it's, in yeah. the country. It's somewhere between the top bit and the bottom bit. Yeah, it's on a big <laughs> sticky out bit in Norfolk. Yeah, the big lumpy. It's about <clears throat> as far away as it's possible to be from anywhere. Yes, it's a very flat place. And um, yeah. it's called Yarmouth. I figured out all by myself. It's where the- <laughs> go on, go on. Because it's Reveal where the River to- Yar has its mouth to the sea. It's where the Yar is vomited into the North yeah. Sea. It's okay. Yarmouth. But that makes it sound horrible. It's not horrible. It's a lovely place. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lot of sort of British seaside resorts that are, their heyday has long passed. The advent of cheap package holidays and flights over overseas, yeah. which starts in the 60s and 70s and then accelerates to the 80s, sort of did for a lot of these places. Coming and back a bit now, though, because of the staycation and the... Uh... Yeah. The um well the pandemic has, has boosted that. But there's there's definitely two sides to that world in that 
I, I mean, I stayed in the Isle of Wight last year and in what was once a flourishing holiday camp and is now everything's closed, but you can still hire the, the little kind of nuclear bunker kind of units that you could stay in. Um, but there's nothing, you know, where there would have been a mm. shop and mm. a load of entertainment and all that's all gone and and stuff. Yeah. But the one I stayed in last week is kind of the, the modern equivalent, the, the Haven holiday camp where there's still... The, you know the shops and the arcades and the water parks all in the center and you can do everything inside the camp if you don't want to leave you don't have to it's right next to the beach and they that they're flourishing but yeah you in the 60s and 70s especially the 60s like you say that 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 was the norm wasn't it Holiday yeah camps. Because people people didn't go overseas yeah. you know overseas travel and you know the United Kingdom is not a warm country. We have our moments, sadly. <laughs> oddly, more of them these days. We tend to have, like, freezing cold. Not at cold the moment, though, Paul, are we? Heat wave. No, not it's very moment. cold today. Yes. But, um, yeah, so anyway, you were at Great Yarmouth, and I will be, have been, am at. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scarborough, which is, we've mentioned many times because it's where we grew up. Ish. as well yeah, yeah. and this we, is till, till till the age for me till the age of nine for you till the age of tw- 11 12 yeah. uh yeah i was born there you were born there indeed mm. but again these are both cl- yarmouth and scarborough both classic uh north coast uh east coast northeast coast northeast coast in scarborough. scarborough's case yeah. yeah resorts that the band played yeah very often several times um and this was the circuit where all these ballrooms and cinemas and theatres were. So I'm going to do a quick, just a quick rundown of, of when they turned up in these places and, and uh, a little bit of information about what what I could find out. Nothing I, too detailed. I shall add facts about the local delicatessens. The de- delicatessens, eh? I don't know. So, uh, I didn't know what we were doing. Uh, yeah, go on. I'll just listen and say stuff. Yeah. Okay, so I'll start. I'll go chronologically then. Basically, so on the on the 30th of June, 1963, the Beatles rock up at the ABC Cinema on Regent Road in Great Yarmouth. Yes. Okay. And that's not there anymore. It is not there. I believe it is now one of the many non-distinct kind of shopping-y type of... Although there's still a load of amazing architecture in Great Yarmouth. And I kind of... When I when I thought, oh, I'll bet the Beatles played here and looked, I was, I was, I was kind of hopeful it would be one of these amazing buildings that's still down the front on the kind of mile they've got. But it's not, yeah. no, it's been, it was knocked down. Yeah, so they do two shows at the ABC Cinema on the 30th of June, 1963. They very often did at this early part of their career, would do a couple of houses, Yeah, you know, an, uh, an afternoon matinee and an evening one. And you have to remember that most of these Beatles shows that when they're touring in the UK are package shows of several bands yeah. and a couple of novelty acts maybe and a compare of some sort. And even when even when they get to America and overseas as well, they're usually on with four or five other artists. Yeah. Although they tend to be less about the entertainment thing and more about the music thing in when they're in America, especially. Mm-hmm. So at the ABC Great Yarmouth, you have the Terry Young combo. You have Terry Young on his own. You have Britain's mm-hmm. ace comedian Ted Rogers doing the comparing. So Ted Rogers would be known to a lot of people in the UK as a person who presented three, two, one. A really, really annoyingly complicated game show with right. Dusty Bin as the as its okay. mascot, oh, right. yeah. uh, which is just a bin with a face. <laughs> uh, you have the the Brook Brothers, then you have an interval, at which point you'll be like, "Just came for the Beatles." 
Then you have the Terry Young combo, Tommy Wallace and Beryl, which was Britain's exciting vibes duo. I, I, they're a novelty act. I didn't want to look any further into it. Sounds great. Yeah. Then you have Ted Rogers coming out, trying to make himself heard as he announces Britain's fabulous disc stars, the Beatles. Mm. Um, so we have a set list that includes, apparently, Some Other Guy, Thank You Girl, Do You Want to Know a Secret, Misery, A Taste of Honey, I Saw Her Standing There, Love Me Do, From Me to You, Baby It's You, Please Please Me, and Twist and Shout. Grand. So, so that would be amazing for them. If they opened with Some Other Guy, that would be cool. Mm. Um, and there is footage from one of these shows, because uh, an Italian TV station was over and was filming oh, yes. it. yes, yeah, 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 I saw a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, and it was dubbed into Italian, but they, apparently the original audio survived and it's been added back to the footage as well, so you can see what, that. What was dubbed into Italian? The footage they shot because it was being shown in... But the, like what, the interview footage. The stuff. interview. Oh, yes, there was an interview yeah. with them in the back room, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, for a second I was thinking they just dubbed the whole song into Italian. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how, how did they do that. No, um, yeah, yeah, they, they, they interviewed them, yeah. So it's interesting, a little slice of, of one of their Yarmouth shows. Mm, exists um, yeah. Yeah. But they come back to Yarmouth on the 28th of July, so not much... Yeah, a few months later or something, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, the following month. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seems a bit strange. Um, it's such a long place to get to, to, to be back there within a month. Yeah, it's so strange. they do two more, two more shows at the ABC Cinema, so yeah. they only play the same place. But that time, probably with the Kestrels, the Treble Tones, Freddie Starr and the Midnighters, uh, Barry Barnett, Glenda Collins, and the compare was Alan Field. So... I've got not much more information on that, sadly. Okay. And in Great Yarmouth, there is some... There, I'm trying to think of something I can offer local knowledge now. Did you go crabbing in Great Yarmouth? Did not go crabbing, no. It's not... It appears a very crammed with... It's very much an amusement-y kind of place. Um, we went to Merryvale Model Village. I oh, Model it. Village! A good old... Model Village, and it had a penny arcade attached to it, which you can buy the pennies for the proper, proper, you know, pre-electronic arcade games. Oh yeah, yeah. Which are amusement games, you know. So that was. Fun I think too. they've got one of those in Southport. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Lots of fun. Yeah. Super and we went stuff. to the pleasure pleasure beach, and we went there, and that's got loads of rides and stuff, and it's proper wooden roller coasters and things. It's all very nice. Yes. Excellent. So yeah, so that's that's Great Yarmouth in Norfolk, which is. A long way from everywhere. So, yeah. Um, so I hope you enjoyed your long drive to it and from it. <laughs> but handily for our chronological order, we can now jump forward to December 1963, 11th of December 1963, mm. which would have been perishing cold in Scarborough. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. And the Beatles play the Futurist Theatre in South Bay. So the Futurist Theatre, uh, we have mentioned this before, has yeah. been knocked down in recent years. And when it's a big we hole were where it was, is it still just essentially, yeah, yeah. On the, this is like a, a missing tooth along mm. the seafront where the theatre once was. Now, when we were growing up, <coughs> and I think probably from the seventies onwards, the facade of this theatre was clad in this sort of weird beigey panels, and it right. looked awful, and it got old and looked dreadful. It only just occurred to me today. Of course, behind those panels was a proper theatre frontage. Ah, uh, right. They were just. But like was... so many theatres of a period, mm. a bit like people who've got houses where they they hide all the original features because at one point that wasn't fashionable to have right. things on your ceiling or or nice doors and stuff, and people would nail plain wood over things and yeah. 
then years later people take them down. So with the futurists, they put these weird, awful-looking panels on the front of this oh, okay. otherwise nice theatre. Because I used to go to the, to the futurist, and you'd have been to the futurist as a as a little kid as well to watch things. Yeah, because it also had a, you know it'd have a cinema screen in it as well. Did we watch? I, well, I saw Ghostbusters 2 in the Futurist Oh, well, I, I saw Ghostbusters 2. I would have thought we would have seen that at the same time, wouldn't we? Well, possibly. Because possibly. We wouldn't, it would be strange for the parents to have accompanied us to twice to two lots of Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> and I remember because they, they, we got a promotional meal when we went there and on the way there or back where it had like a small ring of um, fluorescent paint on the inside of the cup, which was like, get your slime cup. And when you finished your <laughs> drink of Coke, on the inside, there was like a glow-in-the-dark strip of of green. <laughs> which yeah, these might have been different. This is going to be so boring to everyone listening. <laughs> Those might have been different occasions, because I think I went in without a parent. What? On one of the occasion, the few occasions where well, like with a probably friend. in town with with someone's parent, but they went off and did something else, and some me and a couple of folks. Oh, went I'm, to... I must have gone with someone with one of my. Yeah, friends. I don't remember exactly. This is a long time ago. I think I may have gone with another family's, like one of our friends. Did we see Flight of the Navigator in the Futurist on the I day that know. I smashed my front teeth in? I wonder. Maybe that might have been the Futurist. Okay. Um, <laughs> this family information for you. Where would I anyway, see the Wurzels? You didn't see the Wurzels. Didn't I? No, you would have seen the Grumbleweeds. The Grumbleweeds, sorry. Yeah, I'm get- it's so easy to get those two mixed up. <laughs> so we did see a live show of the Grumbleweeds and Jimmy Cricket yes. at the Futurist Theatre. Ah, so that was the Futurist, right. It was the Futurist Theatre, which we're talking about. But on the 11th of December, 1963, we have the Beatles there playing I Saw Her Standing There, From Me To You, All My Loving, You Really Got A Hold On Me, Roll Over Beethoven, Boys, Till There Was You, She Loves You, Money, That's What I Want. And twist and shout, mm. and it would have been a very cold day, <laughs> yeah. especially if you had to queue in that place to get tickets. Uh, the December nineteen sixty-three. Yeah, the East Coast is unforgiving. Yes, as far um, as its wind and its coldness, even during the warm parts of the year. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So. But they are back in Scarborough on the 9th of August, nineteen sixty-four. Okay, where they play two shows. And it's, I think it's technically part of their 1964 world tour. And I, because I, I hope it is, because <laughs> I love the idea of Scarborough being on a list of someone's world tours. Yeah. It's little right, New York, North. Paris, Scarborough. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, that, that world tour takes in Denmark, the Netherlands, Hong Kong, Australia, New Zealand, back to Australia. A few dates in England at Brighton, Blackpool, London, and Blackpool. Mm. Then Sweden. Then mm. back to England for. Bournemouth, Scarborough, and Blackpool, then off to America. Right. Um, and you've got on this bill, you've got Erky Grant and the Earwigs, plus four, Cherry Rowland, David Macbeth, Johnny Peters and the JPs, and mm-hmm. Dick Francis, not the author, presumably, compare. Um, but what is interesting about this one, I ended up finding out loads about this one. Yeah. We don't know the set list for this, but it could have been anything from Twist and Shout, You Can't Do That, All My Loving, She Loves You, Things We Said Today, Roll Over mm. Beethoven, Can't Buy Me Love, If I Fell, I Want to Hold Your Hand, Boys, A Hard Day's Night, Long Tall Sally, Till There Was You. Mm. It could also possibly also, I saw her standing there, I want to hold your hand, or oh, I've said that already, or oh, This Boy. 
but yeah, we don't know for definite what they played there, but that's essentially what they play when they go over to America, which this is kind of prep for. So, mm. interesting technical trivia about these shows on the uh, 9th of August, 1964. The Beatles famously used Vox amplifiers. Yes. I am correct, am I not? I, I, I believe so. Yes. So, when they'd been off to, I think, Sweden earlier in the year, they'd been given a couple of amp cabinets that had two 15-inch speakers in, mm. which they used with their 100-watt amplifier heads. Mm. But they don't seem to have been happy with them or something for some reason. Because what happens is they, they end up ordering some different... This is John and George. They end up getting some new amp cabinets sent to them on and, and they're delivered to them at the Scarborough Futurist on that day. Oh. So the company they get them from, JMI, <coughs> JMI, has to drive up, I think from London probably, mm. and deliver John and George these amps with uh, four 12-inch speakers in them. Or these right. cabinets with four 12-inch speakers, which they then stick with their usual amp heads. So, I mean, relatively speaking, it is a funny thing, because these are big amplifiers for a band at the time. Mm. But, they, you know, they are no use whatsoever when they get to America, these things. These are... Yeah. You know, I don't... In fact, they, do they even take them with them? I'm not sure. They just, they just don't do anything against the noise they're fighting. Yeah. And the conditions they're playing in. But it's really interesting, because there's a photo of... Um, John fiddling with one of them. Yeah. Because um, these things are all on sort of weird trolleys so you can move them around because these are big bits of kit. Mm. But of course, uh, yeah, what happens is um, there's a little quote here from uh, Dave Peterson re- relating comments made to him about in the Vox story. He says, these were first fitted to the Beatles AC100s amplifiers prior to their US tour and on a pre-tour warm-up concert in Scarborough where the stage had a slight forward slope. <laughs> uh, it only took the opening number to start a general forward movement of the cabinets. Oh, These could have gathered quite some momentum by the time it reached the front of the stage, but fortunately, one of the guys who was usually along at Beatles concerts from the amplifier people was able to take a grasp of the trolleys and spent the next two numbers kneeling behind the cabinets until some blocks were found. Right. And so they take them away and they fit them with brakes, essentially, yeah. so you can lock the wheels. <laughs> but that could have been... They could have yeah. been given these new amplifier cabinets and been crushed by them on, on yeah. their first usage. That's worse than the wandering microphone in the Budokan type of... Yeah. yeah. But there's also a photo of um, some of the people from JMI delivering the... Oh, they've delivered these cabinets and they're shaking hands with Mal Evans, who's pulling a big cheesy grin, mm. which is a lovely, lovely photo. Uh, so that's a really weird and interesting little technical Beatles thing. Yeah. And then there's loads of photos from this period as well. Um, the bizarre thing is that the Beatles rock up to the Futurists <coughs> in this big car, which yeah. essentially gets wedged down the side of it. And so to get out of it and to get where they need to go, and it's shown in these photographs, the chauffeurs having to help like McCartney and ha- Harrison over the actual wheel arch of the front of the car. Yeah. Because there's no gap down the side of the car. Right. They've left it enough that they can get out the door, but to get where they need to go, they have to climb over the car. (laughs) All these fans are all looking on in the background from one of the sloping streets behind the the futurist. Right, okay, yeah. So there there are some fascinating photos. You know, there's a photo of of the Beatles sat looking over the... uh, out of one of the windows, looking over the bay. And John's got a fantastic stripy jacket on and stuff like that. Oh, I'll have to have a look. 
yeah, so we'll share some of those things as well. But that's their mm. that's their appearances at Great Yarmouth and um, Scarborough. Scarborough. And I am I am on, have been, will be going to Durham as well. Yeah, which is further up in the north of England. But I don't believe the Beatles ever went there to play a show. So oh. there you go. Oh, they wow. should have been a nice seaside town instead of a university town. So in that way, the Beatles might have turned up. Boo to Durham. <laughs> yeah, boo, you, stu- you stupid cathedrals. Stupid Durham. And your hills. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no other ho- I mean, the next big abroad holiday is Menorca. I'm guessing the Beatles never made it that that far, did they? Uh, well, I know Paul McCartney's certainly been there for holidays, but uh, I don't think anyone... I don't think they ever rocked up to Mahon to play a show. Oh, well, you know. Yeah, no, the Beatles, no. I mean, yeah. No. No, no they didn't. Oh, well, that was quite good, wasn't it? I it quite like that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's interesting because, you know, the UK touring is all these relatively, compared to their world tours, lots of smaller places. Yeah. Well, and we that's have... what... On, sorry. sorry. No, I, well, that's why I was I was listening to the fantastic Winter of Discontent pod recently, mm. and one of Ringo's reasons why they should stay in the UK to do the show instead of going out to Sabratha and the oh, yes. 2000 torchlit Arab thing yeah. that, that uh, Michael Lindsay Hogg keeps going on about is, well, we haven't played in the UK barely at all. Mm. You know, the fans are here, let's do something for them. Yeah, That's one of Ringo's arguments for staying, staying put, because, the, you know... Yeah, they they did fewer and fewer as they as these sort of venues became less and less, I suppose, safe in some ex, to some extent. Yeah, for the, for the number for of band to do these yeah, things yeah. in. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, it's it's always these funny little places like seaside towns, which are very often thought of as we had a bit we, grotty, but we were, not. We went to Harlech, didn't we? And and that was somewhere where they they'd hitchhiked, didn't they? And they'd, Paul and George, Paul and George yeah, had yeah. played in with you know in a pub there or something uh, it's always fun it's a bit like i started trying to do the same thing with them um, doctor who locations i thought oh i should look up and see anything because i'm re-watching a lot of them and then if they found a, a good map online which shows you all the doctor who filming locations and yeah. realized that they never went much the, the stoke was about as far north as they ever went um because they recorded at the gladstone pottery museum which is literally oh yes i yeah. can see from my window it's like a that's about as far north. Everything else is basically was, as close yeah. to Cardiff or as close to London as they could get away with. But um, yeah, Indeed. with the, the Beatles coverage, yeah, there's um, there's there's usually something not far away from wherever you are in the yeah. UK. I mean, we had them got here. Some Beatles, we had them at Jollies and Stoke. They played here, didn't they? They they, they apparently wrote. Didn't they write a song? Wrote Misery Mis- backstage wrote Misery, at Kings yeah. Kings Hall. Kings Hall, that was it. Yeah, and they played. So they must have done a couple of times. But yeah, yeah, Stoke was on the on the circuit. Yeah. But um, they played in Liverpool. Did you know that Liverpool? Well, yeah, that's, that must have been a novelty for them. Yeah, one off. Yeah, well, that was good then. Well, I hope this has sated people's appetite for uh, something in the meantime, and we will be back next week with a normal episode. As I say, a couple more um, of the regular chart episodes until we're done with the kind of solo um, single stuff. And there'll no doubt be some more kind of a bonusy bits to finish us off before we kind there's of mopping up to do. finally sign off for this series. There's or, mopping up to do. There's McCartney won't up. let you get out. McCartney spilled all over the floor. <laughs> Got Ooh. to mop it up. McCartney slop. So, um, yeah, we'll see you next week. And if you're having or been or going at any point on holiday, 
then have a nice one and um and safe journeys see lovely you soon beatles lovely beatles lovely beatles to you bye bye <laughs>